Hello and welcome back to The Running Pod. Has been quite a while, but we're going to try and get back into these. I've said that a lot recently, but yeah, we're finally going to get into it. I've got a podcast with Joe Hale coming out in the coming days, as well as some behind the scenes, not behind the scenes, some secret stuff that we're going to keep like secret for the time being. Uh, new content plans, loads of different things happening, hopefully. So yeah, you can, you can expect a lot more podcasts and a lot more content with athletes, hopefully coming soon. Um... But yeah, this this podcast is just a solo podcast, sort of kicking things off again, getting everyone updated with everything, and also just basically explaining a few things we've been doing recently, and also looking at the London Marathon coming up, because I feel like it's quite fun to look at marathon majors, because one good thing about the marathon is every single race is different, so it's not like you're going to get the same people winning every single time, and also not everyone can enter every single marathon. I know Bikil is doing two, but you're normally going to get a different winner in every single different marathon, so found that quite interesting to look at so we're gonna look at that as well in a bit more detail so first things i do want to start and talk about the athlete rankings what you might have seen um on trackster in the last like week or so we have only done the under 20 men for the uk at the minute so the plan is for this or the original plan was to do under 20 men under 20 women under 23 men under 23 women and then also seniors for both age groups uh, for both uh, men and women and also do the US as well. So FlowTrack obviously cover the US collegiate system quite extensively, I think. I've heard that it's not really good and it's a bit inconsistent. So our plan is to hopefully use different sources of race results and also other people's rankings to try and get something together what will sort of average everything out and hopefully provide a good ranking list. Obviously, there's so many more races for one person to do it by themselves. It's pretty impossible. So... Yeah, we'll see how that goes, but the USA rankings is also in plan, and that might be after the season's finished, or maybe just before the Nationals would do it, just to make things a bit easier. But in the UK side of things, we're hopefully going to be updating it um, after each significant race. So the National Cross Country Relays is probably going to be the first significant race, and then Liverpool Cross Country. Uh, I would do all the others, like the Milton Keynes Cross Challenge, Cardiff Cross Challenge, but it's like a smaller portion of people who do them, so... Yeah, probably two or three times a year we're going to do the cross-country rankings. In the UK, maybe slightly more. We'll have to see. And then also we're going to do indoor rankings as well. And I just want to explain now, because we've obviously faced a lot of backlash. Obviously, we've also received a lot of good feedback. I think the idea is pretty solid, but some things are a bit inconsistent. So with the rankings for the under-20s, because there has been two years where no under-20s really done any cross-country races, or not since, what, it was 2019 or early 2020, cross-country season uh, or the nationals and stuff like that so really we're going off like a year and a half ago now when people lasted a cross-country race um, so we're trying to get an accumulation of race track rankings so 3,000 meters and 5,000 meters rankings and also races from 2020 but the problem is if you're under 17 moving up to under 20 obviously we've got people who are actually in the top end under 20 who were under 17s last time they raced a cross-country race they're sort of getting left, let off easier because if they finish higher in an under-17 race, they're going to be higher ranked, even though the ability in the under-17 race is probably worse than the under-20 race or the standard. So it's a bit inconsistent. Most of it's right, but there's some also some runners, let's say, if you fell over and came 100th in a race, that's kind of going to hurt your average quite a lot and you'll get ranked further down. So we're going to try and figure out a way to sort of get rid of outliers so like say if someone just jogs a 3k and that's the only that's the only like time they've got that year on the rankings 
then that's not part of the ranking because it'll really reduce where they're ranked overall. Uh, hopefully that makes sense. So like with some people who are ranked like 20th who should be ranked like second, there's some people who are ranked 50th who should be ranked 200th, uh, and there's some people who aren't ranked at all. Like one in particular is, again, if anyone is not under 20 in the UK or the UK cross-country scene, you probably don't have a clue what I'm talking about. Like Will Barnacote, for example, he ran sub-14 for 5K in 2020 in Armagh, so in February, and he's still under 20, and he's not ranked because he's not done any cross-country races what fitted into the ranking. He only did the Scottish Champs in 2020, and then he didn't do any track races in 2021. So he's not even ranked, even though he might possibly be the best in the country or in the UK. So, yeah, there's, it's not perfect, but hopefully... It does its job and we can improve it, obviously, over years and years to come as well. And then hopefully get people on to talk about their rankings and try and make it a bigger thing. So we're just getting, trying to get used to it, trying to get an algorithm, so to speak, to sort of figure it out. On At the minute, I've got an Excel one where it sort of gets all the averages, combines them together. Uh, it's just like a lot of data work, like getting it from Power of 10 and things like that. So hopefully that'll change so we can actually do it properly because I've seen it's caused quite a big, big fuss, whether that's better or worse in the UK, but... Yeah, so hopefully we're going to do that across Europe as well at some point. It's just about getting more people on board, and that's probably what you've seen with the hiring of people recently. We're just trying to get more people to get on board with Trackster so then we can get more work done and make more content. So that's the ranking systems. God, hosting podcasts by yourself is actually quite hard because it's, it's tiring just constantly talking. Um, and then also just like a Trackster update. So like I said, we are making a lot more content. Um, one thing we have in mind is hot topics, or I put that in like inverted commas because or speech marks or whatever because it's I don't really how do you define a hot topic in track and field like it's not very an exciting sport in terms of drama but like for example if we got a guest on let's just say Craig Engels and we spoke about Bowman Track Club everyone's leaving we spoke about maybe I've got I've drawn a blank basically anything what's happening in the news of track and field at the minute we speak about it and say if something interesting is happening or there's any beef or there's any hot topics basically um like rule changes or people moving groups stuff like that we're hopefully going to get a guest on and talk about each topic for like two or three minutes to make a youtube video and also have like a longer podcast episode as well and obviously you can get articles out of that and instagram content and stuff like that because if you don't know we actually do have a website which is just trackster.com we have our youtube channel which is just trackster uh, i don't even want to advertise a twitter because it's awful but that's trackster underscore and then we've also got Instagram. And we also have Tracks to UK, which hopefully is going to be starting again soon. It's kind of just too much to do all in one go. So we've got a lot going on. And this is why the podcast is sometimes neglected. Because it's quite hard to film uh, an hour episode and then edit it. And then upload it. Um, it's just time consuming. And like I said, one person or two uh, sometimes. But yeah, it's pretty difficult. So that's sort of a Tracks update. Things are going to be changing. Hopefully higher quality content. More professional content i'm kind of fed up with like ingerbits and fanboy and stuff like that i actually wanted to like do some professional things and maybe try and move like the personal stuff like say if i filmed the youtube video of my session actually put it on a personal youtube channel and then the tracks of videos go around a lot more filming people or like these hot topic videos or more like content about other athletes or professional athletes rather than just training videos because they're not the quality i want to put on trackster so i still want to upload them so they'll be on a different YouTube channel if that all makes sense um, so yeah that's everything and while we're here might as well talk about some hot topics that I'll hopefully be talking about in a future video with an athlete but quickly 
I know Westfly Everett Smolders did a video about um, loads of Bowman track club members leaving, and this is something I actually wanted to talk about and also hear what other people think about it because there's a lot of athletes leaving. I think what Gwen Jorgensen, Sinclair Johnson, he said also Kate Grace, and I've met, been messaged by a lot of people and told by a lot of people of a few more names leaving. And since there's two Nike groups sort of starting, uh, one is obviously Pete Julian's group, which Sinclair Johnson joined from Bowman Track Club. Uh, he coaches the likes of Craig Engels. I'm not sure what's happening with Craig in terms of the university and retirement and stuff. But also coaches like Brazier, Kloster uh, Haltham, so many high-quality athletes. And that's like a new Oregon group starting. And also you've got Oregon Track Club, which is already a group. And also now you've got the University of Oregon sort of branch so the team, Cole Hocker, seems to be joining. Uh, James West talked about it on the podcast um, in the UK. So basically, I think there's two two new groups starting in Oregon. And since there already is one, it's a bit strange that there's a fourth one all in that. I know Oregon's like a centre of Nike, but it's strange that there's four in this small space. And there seems to be a lot of people leaving. And also with the tarnished brand of Bama Track Club at the minute, it seems like maybe Nike might want to go separate ways with that. I know they're still producing medals, like at the Olympics, um, they got two two silvers, or did Chilimo get the silver in... No, they got two silvers in the Olympics in the steep, women's steeplechase and also in the men's 5,000 metres. So it's still a very high-performing perform, group, but with these athletes who can also possibly go to other groups which are maybe would be equally as high-performing. I mean, we saw it with the Oregon Project, that got disbanded, obviously, because of... Alberto Salazar getting banned but it's sort of the same case here where athletes are getting banned or an athlete has got banned but there's like obviously as soon as that happens there's a rumour mill of different athletes facing the same fate loads of athletes leaving like over the past like year two years we've had so many athletes leave Bowman Track Club we've been told things again rumours that suggest other people have had positive tests but that's another thing even if that's complete rumours that's what's going to start happening and it's just going to tarnish the brand even more. And that might be why people want to leave and not be associated with it anymore. So, Bauman Track Club in a bit of a weird situation. I think with Jerry Schumacher as well. Correct me if I'm wrong, he was actually a coach at Oregon Project as well. So I think maybe for people who are looking into it and sort of looking back, more things will come out and it's like more questions will be asked. Even though I've heard the Oregon Project training was very much separate. Like one group was Alberto's one group was like someone else's so it's not like he was overseeing everything and obviously no Oregon Project athletes were ever banned but there is a connection there I believe so it's interesting to see what's going to happen with that because I mean they're not getting a break really there's no good news coming out about Bauman and I think whilst one of their athletes is being banned and then she's still getting relentlessly defended by the coaches and the athletes even though Will Athletics seem to basically like hit the nails in the coffin um, for like lack of a better word to put it but like it seems like a bit strange situation and it seems like there's more to the story and like I said many many times if Shelby is innocent I hope that the right thing gets obviously brought to light but at the minute it's very very hard to believe that she is innocent in any way shape or form and that makes the athletes relentlessly defending her a bit fishy and also the coaches saying they didn't know what Nalangelo was is also very suspicious because how does that work? And then also, they said she did a lie detector test. Um, and let's say they asked her, did you knowingly take Nalangelone? Well, she didn't know, apparently she didn't know what Nalangelone was. So it's kind of 
you know, like a, you can't really, I don't see how that works. But yeah, I don't want to talk about Shelby because, yeah, she's got a ban. And until something new comes out, there's no point really going on about it because there's many other things going on. But that's sort of a taste of what the hot topics would be. Um, I'm trying to think of any others off the top of my head because I didn't really plan for this podcast to be that long or have any sort of substance to it. So I can't really think of any. If I do think of any while I'm talking about this last little thing, I'll include it. But yeah, so hot topics is one thing we wanted to be doing a lot more of. Um, and the last thing I want to talk about before the end, actually there's another hot topic, but that's not really a hot topic. Um, so I'm not sure if many know Rory, obviously used to be a podcast host, used to be part of Traxter. He is now at Oklahoma State University. And in the past, we had quite a lot of problems with FlowTrack and them copyright striking us and loads of other things. And we at one point, we did actually reach out to their lawyers um, and then the trail kind of went dead. They, repl- they replied once, we replied back with our case, and then they completely ignored us, even though, like, I don't know, it seems a bit unfair that that happened because they're such a big company and they can kind of do what they want and get away with it, in track and field anyway. But yeah, Rory did race in the US. Uh, I think he ran unattached, but obviously he is at Oklahoma. And he came eighth, which, against like Nico Young, stuff like that, is performed very well. And it was funny because the flow track podcast host Gordon I think his name is like spoke about Rory and it's just funny how the tables have completely turned from six months to 12 months ago when they were copyright striking us and now they're basically bigging us up or bigging up Rory for racing well and he has no clue who he is in terms of sort of the implications we had maybe a year ago just find that quite interesting um the opinion still says the same on Flowtrack absolutely dreadful dreadful company and yeah but the last thing I did want to talk about is the London Marathon and the predictions. So we obviously had the Berlin Marathon last week where we saw Bikili come third. And I believe it was the slowest Berlin Marathon in quite a few years. And bear in mind that was even when there wasn't super, sp- super shoes. So it was a slow marathon. I actually didn't even watch it because I was doing a long run at the time. Um, I heard that the pacemaking was awful and it wasn't ideal conditions. Like it was a, like 17, 18, 19 degrees which isn't ideal for marathon. Um, but it's a bit underwhelming when you see Bikili on the start list. And this is becoming quite a theme, actually. But like you see Bikili on the start list and then being underwhelmed. It's quite sad to see. He is obviously racing New York Marathon, so hopefully we see something different there. In that race, he's also racing Kibbot Kande, who is the half-marathon world record holder. It'll be interesting to see what he can run over the half-marathon, because he's around a 57-minute half-marathon. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see what he can run over the marathon, sorry, because he's around a 57-minute half marathon. You think he could get close to 201 if he has the endurance. We'll have to wait and see. Quite an interesting one. New York, I don't think it's known for being a crazy fast course, so that's another aspect of it. Uh, but it does be interesting to see some good races. Uh, so on the elite men's side, anyway, in London, um, I'd say the favourites have to be Katata, who won last year. Legesse, who was a 202 runner, Garamu, who was a 202.55 runner, and also Lemma, who was a 203.36 runner. But we also have like seven athletes who ran sub 204, and then we've got a 204 athlete in Katata, and then we've got Kip Chumba, who's run 205 from Kenya as well. So it's a stacked field. Like I think it's the fastest on paper we've had in the London Marathon. It might actually be the fastest field ever on paper. Um, which is quite interesting. Obviously, no Kipchoge or Bikili, so a 202 will have to do, even though, obviously, a few years ago, that was the world record by quite some margin. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. 
And on the women's side, I know she got silver in Tokyo, but Bridget Koskai is four minutes ahead of anyone else. Um, obviously, 2.14.04 she's run. And she's won it in 2019 and 2020. That's the London Marathon. And when you talk about challenges, the only one I can really think of is maybe Jet Koskai from Kenya, who's run a 2.18.40. But there's also the barber of Ethiopia, who's ran 2.18.35. And another Ethiopian, who will just name I don't want to pronounce because I will butcher it, who's ran 2.18.30. Other than that, uh, it's mainly made up from Kenyan Ethiopians with the next fastest non-East African is Shanane Diver, who has ran 2.24.11. And then Ali Kafer from the USA, 2.28.12. And I believe there's quite a few athletes hopefully looking around like 2.30 mark because, like you said, I don't know why I said like I said, I meant as you know, there's Commonwealth Games left next year, World Championships next year, quite a different few things going on, and normally the qualification standards around that 2.30 mark, so it'll be interesting to see how many people go for those qualifications. Um, and other than that, London Marathon should be quite exciting to watch. Um, one last thing I did want to talk about is, if you know who Lloyd Kempson is in the UK, actually this is just reminding me of another thing, um, but he basically moved to like Nike, and he's doing a collaboration with Nike and Pro Direct this weekend in London. So if any of you are in London, I think it's on the Monday, sorry, not the weekend. So it's the day after the London Marathon. If any of you are in London, then go to his page um, at Lloyd Kempson or Team Project Run. And you can find some information about that. There's Olympian Ollie Dustin there who's going to be sort of, I think, taking people through some drills. And then there's like a challenge to see if like a relay team can beat his 800 meter time, which is 143. So I don't really think that's going to happen. Um, and also the owner of Pure Sport, um, Will Fuge, Fudge. I don't. Sorry if I Will Gouge. I honestly, uh, recording a podcast really makes me un unable to speak. So one of those names, and I don't know why I, I don't just get it up and say it. He's doing forty-eight marathons in thirty days, and he's already done forty-three. So today's his forty-fourth marathon, um, and yeah, forty-eight in thirty days means you're obviously doing two marathons a day in some days, and he's actually finishing his marathon in London on Sunday. So if you are in London and want to support him, then be sure to go and cheer. And also you can find him on Instagram. We'll post a story whenever we share this podcast so you can sort of find him a bit easier. Um, and if you want to donate to his cause, it is, he is running for a charity. I think it's Macmillan Cancer for his mum. So yeah, amazing, amazing achievement regardless of all the money raised for charity as well. And also he's got an amazing company with Pure Sport and also their run club, which is basically just revolutionising running in the UK. So yeah, go and check them guys out if you want to basically help out in the running community or be inspired by them. Um, and yeah, that's it for this podcast. It's a bit of a weird one, and I know I've just kind of waffled and spoke about it, and sort of it's been quite monotone and not much entertainment. But I just wanted to get a few things out there and update people, and also just talk about things that are going on at the minute. So yeah. Um, I guess give this podcast a rating but not after listening to this one because you'll probably give it like a one star but after the next one or after the next few if you want to leave a rating on Apple Podcasts uh, it'd really help us out uh, so yeah thank you for listening and have a nice day